Good afternoon and welcome to Viv United Podcast. Hello. Hi, Greg. How's just, it going? Uh, okay, yeah. Just uh, I'll just dim, dim that noise down a little bit, our intro, and uh, we'll get started on uh, today's podcast. Oh, that's um, good. So I know it's been, uh, been like a week, almost like a week late because of things, unfortunately, but... Uh, Oh, you know, we're back, so it's okay. I know we got your uh, instant match reaction the other day, which we had something straight away. I mean, it was a fantastic game against Bournemouth, wasn't it? Well, I think it was just one of those moments where, um, first time properly since Fergie's left, that we've been able to really, really sort of jump up and down after a game. We scored a lot of goals and uh, thought some of the players were fantastic. I mean, let's just get straight into it. What was your response to Mason Greenwood then? I gave Man the other day. What's your response? I mean, it's weird when uh, United signed Rooney all those years ago and he came onto the scene when he was 16. I was only, obviously, a young lad, so I knew he was a good player and stuff. But, you know, Rooney, for me, has always kind of been part of Manchester United, whereas, like, with Greenwood, because obviously he's been sporting the club now for such a long time, he's the first proper player you've seen come through the academy and start, you know, coming through and everything. And I just can't quite get over how... But he's fantastic he is. He just reminds me of Robin Van Persie at such a, such a young age. I mean, his stats as well this season. I mean, I could be wrong saying this, but something like 12 goals and four or five assists or something like that in the Premier League. He's 18 yeah, years old. It just, I mean, when you mentioned that then about um, players coming through the academy, it reminded me many, many years ago when I was at Old Trafford. And it was one of David Beckham's first games. And... Uh, there was two or three other players who came at the time. There was a, a young winger who was brilliant, and I think he got injured um, and never quite um, regained it afterwards. And there was another lad, I think he was called Davis, who was at the time was um, everyone was talking about him being the the star of the academy, the one coming through, and everything else. And he came on, and I remember watching him, and he looked a little bit frightened every time he got the ball. He gave it to one of the senior players. Beckham, meanwhile, they gave him the ball and. I don't know, the first five or ten minutes, he tried one of his uh, huge 40-yard balls and it just went into the crowd. There's a little bit of a hundred in the background. And then he tried it again a little bit later and I think, you know, Fergie got up and ground. And then finally did one and it must have gone, you know, from one side of the field to the other. Everyone sat up and they realised the superstar was in the making because he just wasn't frightened of of having a go and taking it on. And, and I think Greenwood reminds me, um, he's got that confidence and it's not... Um, People think of it of being arrogant or cocky or this and that. I just think he's confident I mean, in his own ability. I mean, when was the last player who came through our academy who's like literally taken a starting spot as strong as Greenwood has right now? I mean, well, probably Rashford, wasn't it? I mean, it, but he got yeah, he, a little, Rashford, yeah. he got that little bit of a what's well, a lucky start. But if you remember, he was on the bench, and I think somebody got injured and, and it was under Van Hal, wasn't it? We had a uh, Rooney Van Persie and I think there's our other third choice striker were all injured. So it was him and is it Cameron Borthwick Jackson or it might have been oh no it was Paddy McNair who was against Arsenal, wasn't it? Where we had Rashford and Paddy McNair made their debuts because we had a you know ridiculous amount of injuries and Rashford was the first on to see and he did fantastic. But the one thing well, I always, from what I gather from you know Mason Greenwood and reading a lot about, about him online and stuff, is in every single part of the youth level, he's just been just a dominant striker throughout. Whereas with Rashford, he was always thought of you know as a great prospect and a good player, but he was never probably thought to make the jump that he did that summer. Whereas you look at Greenwood now, I mean, 
how do you drop him? I mean, I know he's only 18, but how do you actually drop him? Yeah, I'm sure, just try and uh, speak right into the mic, by the way, Greg, because I'm, obviously I'm speaking to Greg on the uh, the phone and um, unfortunately we couldn't get together this week with, with the proper mics and stuff, yeah. so it's just a little bit, um, apologies if the sound quality isn't quite as good on Greg's mic. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think the problem with Rashford is, again, it's always a promise, isn't it? We look at him, he has everything to his game, it would seem, in the speed and the... Um, you know, he can do the tricks, he can score the goals, but he doesn't do it consistently. And he seems to ha- have parts of the season where he- he's not performing. And I know he's been off for an injury and it's taken a while to get back, but at the moment, you know, some of the passing's dreadful. And some of his shot taking and that is, is poor. Uh, and-, and then you can compare that with a young lad of 18. And not only has he scored two wonderful goals with both feet, and, and, and you know, particularly the second, well, the first one he hit almost first time. The second one, you know, he, he made it, got it in the edge of the box, went past a couple of players one way, then another way, and slots it in the other corner. But even, I think, the week before, that wonderful um, cross to the far post for uh, Fernandez. Yeah, when was the last time Rashford did anything like that? Well, uh, I mean, like I, like I said, I think, you know, Rashford did keep us going. Uh, during that period where you know we weren't doing very well with the midfielders, we had Rashford carried on scoring. So you know he's been off injured for a bit. He's never really had any actual mm. time off, so it might take him a while. I, I can't imagine this lockdown's helped anyone, to be honest, with you know any fit, fitness or you know. Yeah, I suppose got to keep it all in oh. into perspective. It's I mean about the week before, and I was very disappointed with Martial where. Um, against Tottenham, he looked poor. But he is looked, it a hat in another world the other day? Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. All of a sudden, he came back and proved me wrong. So I'm hoping that Rashford's going to do that. If we can get all three of them firing, and then, you know, we've always got Igalo off the bench and, uh, you know, a couple of other prospects and things coming through. So attack wise, we're, lo- we're looking quite good. Um, it reminded me of a typical Fergie side uh, the other day where, you know, where, where we let a couple of goals in past the lower teams. But we still got that confidence that we'll score three, four, or five goals. You know, I always remember there was that one against Newcastle. I think it was Fergie's final season where uh, Newcastle were two 0 up, and they had uh, brought Hernandez on at half time. Right. I'm sure, I'm sure Hernandez. I think he scored two out of three, and Van Persie hit the other one in. And you just felt that with this team at the moment, we have so much firepower going forward. You, you, you know, we're not afraid of anyone really. And put into obviously, obviously some transfer news we'll discuss later. If, if we if we end up signing that man with Sancho, then yeah, I mean, I think, I think the, the the only probably um, difficult phase we've got to try and get through at the moment is, on the one hand, we're playing this real attacking style of football, which we all love. The United fans, we all love the wing play. The the used to be the, the red arrows, didn't it, with um, Ronaldo and uh, Rooney and. Oh. Um, gigs etc um, we're, we're attacking with pace now it sounds great the only little caveat to it the only little thing that makes me think just just hang on don't get carried away is that the, 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 the two teams above us that, that, and let's face it the t- you know City and, and Liverpool um, they've won convincingly the last couple of seasons and what they do very very well is, is possession football and it'll be interesting to see when we play one of those teams, how this exciting brand of ours that we're developing um, contrasts against this, you know, the tippy-tappy um, uh, city version where we keep it for an hour before we do anything. And then I mean, Liverpool's a bit more direct, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, the only thing is, I know, you know I'll be speaking 
far too you know soon for stuff like this. But if you have a look at obviously for the for next season, you know, Liverpool had to wait thirty years for that title and you do mm. wonder will there be a bit of a drop off after, you know, they've done so well basically losing what a handful of games over two years basically. So they mm. you know, it pains me to say that they're not, you know, they may end up having a little bit of a drop off. And then City, there's every chance they're still gonna get banned from the Champions League and they might have to because of all the financial fair play. And if you you know, if you think about how yeah, they might still be able to sign players, but if they've been done for financial fair play before, they're going to have to be very careful about not signing more players in case they get done again. And then you have to think about their best players, you know, Kevin De Bruyne, Bruno, uh, you know, uh, you know Silver for them. Uh, they've got you know Aguero, you know, a couple of these really good players for them who might not want to miss out in the Champions League for two years. So they may end up losing one or two, and then they're going to have to bring a few more in. So you never know if we, with the right recruitment this summer, with the right you know, We've got to do what we did last season. year, but maybe you not as many, know. maybe just a couple. And I think there's going to be places, aren't there? I mean, there's talk, um, I don't know if you saw it um, in the papers today or well, I'm sorry, online actually, saying that West Ham might be in for Jones and um, Lingard. Oh, yes, I saw that before. That'd be quite Jones good. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the thing is, we've been, I mean, we can talk about the transfers towards the end of the podcast anyway, but I mean, we've mm. been holding on to players for a long time. We shouldn't have. But back on with the you know mm. the Bournemouth game, is there anyone who uh, let you down from the day? I know our attackers did really well, but is there anyone who you I thought just could still have get better? frustrated with um, De Gea? I've said, you know I've said it for two or three years. I I I, I prefer myself. A big keeper. Um, I mean, physically, but I know he's, he's. It's not his height. It, it, it's his. It's his yeah, it's almost like what well, my brother once described him as having pipe cleaner legs. You know, and it, it's that sort <laughs> of. You know, if you're a, a six foot four inch centre forward or centre half, and you're going to attack him off a corner or a free kick or something, you're not going to be intimidated or frightened by uh, De Gea. Um, y- yes, he's very good at these reactionary. Saves where he puts a foot out, shoves an arm out. I think sometimes he makes things much more spectacular in the arts. The old Bruce Grobler way, where the baller can waste height um, and instead of just catching it, he'd throw his legs out to the right and his arms out to the left, whatever you know, and make it look like he's done something spectacular. And it's the he's making mistakes now on a regular basis yeah. and costing us well, almost costing us games. Certainly costing us goals. I mean, there's no way. They should have been beaten there. It's almost like he wasn't yeah. concentrating. So I, yeah, I don't know who you go it. for. What what goalies are available? I mean, I like Romero, but I think we'd have to have somebody just keep him maybe as a um, the position I mean, he's I in think, as a reserve. I mean, I think the way I look at it, okay, is I think David De Gea has got more than enough credit in the bank for what he did at Man United for the past few years. And the other day, he. Uh, as he called Peter Schmeichel's appearance record for the club now. So yeah. whatever way you look at it, he's going to go down as, might not be the legend, but he's going to go down as one of our greats. I feel that, yes, a new keeper would be good. Uh, we have, obviously, uh, the lad down at Sheffield United. Yeah, I like Schmeichel's son. I know he's not yeah. Peter Schmeichel, but someone of that sort of character where... He's not only, um, you know, a pretty good goalkeeper between the sticks. He, he's another captain in that defence. He's yelling at his defence all the time. He's he's really upset if if they lose. You get that almost like shrug of the shoulders from De Gea and a little bit of a funny little face being pulled. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I, it doesn't inspire me with confidence. 
So, well, any, yeah. but you know, I will give him credit for what he's done over the last few years, and I'm not knocking him completely. But I, I just think that you know, I don't know who's out there. By the way, I mean, you know, I know yeah. you talk about, um, you know, what's so it's it? Henderson, Henderson and Sheffield, and that, that Sheffield have got that was our player, but you know, is he good enough? I don't know. Um, well, that's why I was saying I feel like I feel like we could probably have the hair for another season anyway, okay. just to see if there's if it's a bit of a blip. Uh, I mean, defensively, I was quite impressed with Shaw the other day. I thought he he's slowly, he's getting into cons- some consistent form now. He's not, you know, yeah, the fullbacks not, we haven't really got a problem with. Yeah, he's not a world beater. No. I think he's definitely added a bit of consistency to his game at the moment. I thought Maguire and Lindelof had a poor. Poor first half together, and then. Well, the problem uh, is as well when something happens to Lindelof. Absolute joker, wasn't he? When he come on. Uh, the, the, the problem is that's that is the issue we've got that that we can. We know Maguire's a great captain. We know he's good in the air and he's good with the ball at his feet, but he's he can turn him easily. Some of the uh, um, he's got hasn't really got the speed. Um, I mean, sometimes he intercepts quite well, but if someone's passed him, he never gets back. Um, that was. I'm sure I saw something earlier today where there was a little um, comment about Solskjaer, um, who went up to that uh, Bournemouth player. Is it, is it Aki, the one that they all talk about? The one with yeah, the, oh uh, yeah, Nathaniel Aki. Yeah, and he said something on the lines of, uh, you know, we need a, a left-sided defender. I don't know whether someone's lip read it or whatever. I mean, you know, was he touting for him? <laughs> he, I mean, he'd be a good if, kind of player. He would. Yeah, I mean, if you if you look at our defenders right now, we have on the books United. You've got Maguire, Eric Bailey, Lindelof, Axel Tanzabi, Phil Jones, Chris Smalling, and Marcus Rojo. Even if Smalling and Rojo are on loan, they're still technically you know in the club. Now you have to imagine Smalling's going to be gone in the summer. That he'll probably make his moves you know official. <clears throat> Phil Jones can't sit on the bench for another year, so you think he'll go and Marcus Rojo will go. If Tunzibi's been injured like he has been pretty much the entire year, maybe mm. there was room for a defender. I mean, I wouldn't go out personally and start spending 50, 60, well, 70. No, and he's, he's also... Um, had Lindelof, Bailey, Maguire three seasons in a row. You know, he's I brought that, that young lad in from the under-23s as well, hasn't he, who's been uh, the, the central defender for them. Can't, I, I, you know, I can't think of his name, but they brought him into the first-team squad because apparently he's been playing very, very well, so... You know, oh, maybe you know, maybe again, there's another one that can come through there. I mean, I like Tunzebe, but I mean, he's just been injured so much. He's just, just been injured the entire season, hasn't he? I know uh, he was. He was out last season. I don't know. It's um, yeah, you have to wonder at some point. You know, do mm. do they just say you know enough's enough? So it, let's move on up to midfield then. So, I mean, what did you think? Sorry, what do you think of our couple? You know, our couple of players. Obviously, we'll start off with Pogba. What do you think of Pogba's performance? He's, uh, he's playing very consistently and he's playing very well and it annoys me because I just expect his the agents to pop up any week now and start you know start the wheels in motion about him going away from the club. Do you think he looks a bit leggy that, though and a bit a bit heavy? All of a sudden he looks like I mean when again a great player with the ball at his feet and he holds people off well and he, and he does his super passes and he's always you know on the lookout for a goal. But a couple of times I saw him on the halfway line where someone had got a yard, and it was like he was running in treacle. Just, just, mm. there's, there's no speed. I didn't really, know, I didn't really notice that, no, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I just, I thought he was. Uh, I, I just think he's playing really well at the moment. Uh, I mean, yeah, he's good. And, and do you think he uh, he compliments um, our mate uh, Bru- Bruno? <laughs> he compliments Bru- uh, Fernandez very well. I mean, it, it's just the, it's the. 
painful of getting too attached to someone who at any minute probably could go. You know, Pogba, you know, it hasn't really done enough over the years. I mean, yes, he's, you know, last year statistically, he got the most goals and assists for us and he did did really well. He obviously is our best player. But when you break the British transfer record for, you know, player of his, you know, ability, really you're expecting dominant performances like you see from Kevin De Bruyne. Yeah, and I think the other thing is, though, don't forget when Fred came on, he looked brilliant. He was yeah. passing the ball, yeah, I mean, both feet from side to side. It's, it's amazing how we've gone from at the beginning of the season, our midfield was the worst part of our entire club. Yeah. We had all the injuries, we had Pereira, Lingard, Mata, when Matic couldn't play. You know, yeah. I mean, he's found his feet now. Matic has signed a new deal, which is fantastic. Brilliant. He's now signed a new deal to 2023. And, but I feel like with Matic, he's one of those players who could end up being like a Michael Carrick, where... If you manage him correctly, you don't play him every single game. You take him off when the game's won and stuff like that. Then because he's so good with the ball at his feet. But also, he's, he's a big, he's, he's a big, um, he's a big player, isn't he? I mean, a, a big, tall, um, strong. You know, you, you'll never knock him off the ball very easy. And it's an extra sort of defensive position which I think we need if we've got those two creative players in front. Uh, and also, he's. Played in the Premier League for must be about ten seasons now at the top, yeah. you know, for top he's, clubs. He's, he's, so. he's won it all as well. Exactly, he's and, won and, it all. You need those players in the club. Yeah, and we, and we know we've got uh, McTominay to come through, and he, he appears to be of a similar sort of um, ilk to um, uh, Matic. I, I think there was also reports, wasn't there, about Matter possibly going, and this season will come to that in a minute, but. Um, he's just playing oh, cameo roles. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not uh, he's supposed to be off. Well, apparently some club in Turkey are uh, keen to take him or something. So I can see that oh. happening. Maybe he might want to go there and have a couple of years there. Um, I mean, ju- a- where we're we up to on this on the transfers, and let's get on to. That. I mean, you you were talking um, uh, earlier. You said you'd had some more information on um, Sancho. I've not read anything yeah. on that yet. What, what's, what's so? David Ornstein, he's come out this afternoon with an article about how Paul Pogba is excited and, you know, buzzing is his words for the potential of Sancho to arrive at Manchester United. Uh, and obviously, okay. David Ornstein's one of the, you know, the key people involved in the transfer room. He's kind of, you know, he mm. doesn't do gossip pieces. And such as uh, that, uh, our man in Italy, Fabrizio Romano, uh, him and uh, that Gianluca Damasio were renowned for being the best uh, transfer news, you know, sources. For the past yeah. four four seasons, all the guys who broke Pogba news, even the guys who broke uh, uh, Matteo Darmi in the United years ago, no one had heard of him. He broke the news, and they were saying today that apparently Sancho has agreed his Manchester United contract. There's no issues there. Five-year deal, one hundred and forty thousand pounds a week, rising to two hundred thousand, two hundred thousand with bonuses and appearances. <laughs> it's just a case of getting that fee agreed with Dortmund, and the, they feel like there's a lot of. <clears throat> there's been a lot of stuff uh, said about how United, you know, let you know Dortmund go for Bellingham. He's now just signed for him, you know, the central midfield right, right. on the basis that Sancho was going to come to us and get a massive fee. And there's also talk about potential players, what could go in that direction as well, even from the youth setup. So you know that uh, guy like that Hannibal Medry, oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So talk about him going on loan for a season uh, just to give him some, uh, you know, additional game time. Uh, I think if it could be quite good, it'd also be quite good for that uh, the lad from Birmingham uh, maybe to go there for a year or two before we get him back. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I mean, uh, I mean, I mean, what do you do if you do have Sancho? What do you do? Let, let, let's say, let's say right now the summer summer window's finished, the transfer window. United have managed to sign Jack Grealish, uh, Sancho, 
and maybe you know maybe Aki from uh, Bournemouth you know as a reserve mm. centre back. You know, we've let go of a couple of the people, you know, the dubs we've had in the squad, like Jones, you know, Lingard, Pereira, a few of them have gone. You've got everyone fit for the first game of the season. I mean, who do you start? With Sancho, with Grealish, Pogba's still here, Fernandez, you got Matic, you know, arguably Fred was our player of the season up yeah. until the, uh, uh, you know, the... It's great though, isn't it? Break. Finally, you and, know, you, and you look at your squad. Found himself you're looking at that squad and all of a sudden I mean we, you know in a few years we've gone along thinking oh we've got a good <coughs> squad to start the season but then there's always that but what if they get injured and of course they do you know yeah. Podgo's been out the last couple of seasons and <clears throat> defenders have been out this that, and the other but in a way I'm not saying it doesn't matter but we've got cover in virtually every department now if, if, particularly if those two three players come I mean imagine, imagine you know if you're playing against the weaker teams who are going to defend most of the game they're the ones where you can maybe even potentially, you know, set up differently where you only have maybe three defenders on and you get an extra midfielder on if you know you're going to have 80% of the ball more. So, and you look at, you know, imagine a strike force if you had Greenwood, Sancho, Martial and Rashford all on the pitch with Fernandez and Pogba and Matic <laughs> behind them. And then if you only decided to have three defenders on, I don't, I mean, obviously I'm no football manager, I have no idea, but I imagine there'd be games where you could potentially do that. Uh, there's still talk I mean, on here about, uh, I'm, I've just spotted this on the, Birmingham Live, whatever, you know, where it's saying that, you know, United we're going to sell two players after sealing the transfer for Jack Grealish. You still talk about Jack Grealish coming. Yeah, I mean, Jack Grealish for me, the way I look at Jack Grealish is he's almost like a leader on the pitch. I mean, mm. he's a, don't get me wrong, you know, he's done a lot of stuff outside of outside of the... Uh, um, I think he was growing up though, wasn't he? He's done wrong. Well, growing up stuff, yeah, and lockdown kind of, you know, bad for everyone really. But mm. again, if you get Jack Grealish and you spend 40, 50 million on him, He's not going to want to sit on the bench, is he? No. So that's where the you know the questions come in: who who, who drops for him? Because he's if he's coming, he's going to want to start every game. But then if Pogba's still, it's everyone everyone assumed that it was going to be Pogba was going to be off. That's why Grealish was coming in. It was going to be like a massive mm. Grealish and Pogba, Bruno midfield. But I feel like when you've got two players as talented as Bruno with you know Bruno and Pogba, you have to play them both. Yeah, man, definitely but, have to. You've got them. Well, but if, if you're talking you, McTominay. Grealish, yeah. Fred. Since, <clears throat> since since our last podcast, McTominay signed a new deal as well now. Yeah. As I think McTominay is of the, you know, he's the, you don't need a hundred, you know, uh, super, you know, flashy players. You need a few of these ones who are grind you out the results. who are going to play the tough games. The ones, you know, that, you know, we used to have Parji, Sung, you know, used to do those games. You know, sometimes you go, mm. hey, you know, Fergie's left, you know, Ryan Peter on the bench or he's left, you know, uh, you know, someone creative on the bench and parks come on, but you realise you, you can't have a team of, you know, all these super fantastic players. You need a few of them who are going to, you know, do the running, do the graph, do the, you know, the stuff you don't almost see on the cameras or when you're at the game. So, well, I think I it's going to, if you've got pressure for every position, which is what you want, if you've got that pressure for every position, then the, those players that are not putting in, like we've just mentioned before, Rashford's not hit form and he's not been consistent. So it's going to have to be up to him. He's going to have to go out there and start delivering week in, week out, start hitting the net. I mean, the one great thing with um, getting back to Greenwood is, is he's 18 and he just knows where that goal is. And yes, Imagine all right. In six years. Yeah, Imagine but what it, Greenwood's going to be like in six years when he's 24. But he's got that... Uh, well, if he can stay uh, clear of injuries and, and keep developing... Well, the, the great thing is two, two great feet... And he knows where the net is, and I love that 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 goal where he shot it through the players' legs, 
And you can see that Solskjaer will take him out on that pitch uh, and training with him and get his guys training with him. And they'll be saying to him, shoot. I mean, as I say, I think um, he's doing that with a lot, a lot of the players now. He's, 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 we're seeing a lot more shots. And, 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 and I'm glad because I used to hate that bit, with, particularly with Van Gaal and Marine up to a point where we go up, down, across, across, over here, down here. You're you wanting to do 40 different moves and then you have some weak little thing or... Or the other one where we had, um, oh, what's it called? We sold last year. Centre forward last year came from Everton. What's it called? Oh, Lukaku. Lukaku. I've forgotten his name already. Um, you know the, the problem with him, big guy in the middle. You end up sending your, your wingers down, and, and you, you're waiting for Young to try and deliver one on his head. We don't mm. we don't score goals with our head very often because we don't need to because we're now looking for the balls between the defence, you know those lovely little um, flicks and stuff that uh, Bruno does, and we've got a number of players now with speed who can get into those positions and people just backing up behind and they're all no one's frightened of having a go and I think it's great and that's got to have come from Solskjaer, you know when yeah. you, when you compare that to Van Gaal where. You know, he was demanding that players stay in little boxes, not move out and pass this. Oh, it was awful. And he was taking people off and taking them off, for, you know, for six weeks because they weren't doing what he's told and all this type of like the headmaster. Then you've got Mourinho where he's having to get Rashford to come back to be um, right back or whatever, or left back, whichever side he decides to play him on. And now, you know, we've got our um, forwards and it's a case of, right, go, go on, go on, go on. You know, and you can see them all legging it down the pitch trying to get on the oh, end of it. Imagine you you trying to defend that. Well, you know what's good at the moment is, you know, we're not we're not predictable anymore. No. You know, clubs are now going to be going back to the old way against old, when they come to Old Trafford. They've been afraid against United. Mm. In the beginning of the season, when you were coming up against us, when, you know, you look for that team sheet and you go, right, United are lining up with Pereira, Lingard, Matter and then they've got Daniel James, Rashford, mm. Martial. And even though you know those, they're not bad players, then, but there's no one on there who, who makes you know feel fear, you know, fear of you know what's going to happen. You yeah. just look at you look at that you look at that team now, and like you said, if you could get Gray Shaki and Sancho in added to that squad, there we're going to be close. We're going to be really close. Then we're definitely going to be you know catching up on the the people above us. Have you uh, before I forget anyway? Uh, uh, we actually have a question for the podcast. So we actually have our first person who is... That's good. And who is that? Lee Meeks. Uh, his uh, Twitter account is at Nico KM. But Lee Meeks, he asks... Hello. Where do you think we need... To... What was that, sorry? I was just saying hi to Lee. <laughs> oh, hi. Uh, so he asks, where do you think we need to start in terms of squad depth? So similar to what we've been talking about now, mm. basically he wants to know what, 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 where do we start? If you were so sure, where do we start now in... Well, I, I just think the players we've we've mentioned. Plus, I think we need a goalkeeper to put some pressure on uh, De Gea, and I don't know so who that is because I don't. There's so nobody that jumps out. With, you're going to go Haki, Sancho, Grealish, yeah. and then uh, a goalkeeper. Yeah. That's what you're going to go. With. Yeah, I think I think I would agree. I'm not a hundred percent on the goalkeeper just yet. Cause I think. I feel like you can give De Gea, Romero and Lee Grant you know, another season of those three. But, but the thing is, Lee Grant doesn't play. Romero yeah. only seems to play in the cup games. What I'm talking about, there doesn't seem to be... When, you, when you're looking, we've just, just gone through that list of all those players and we've said, this full-back, you know, this centre-half, this, this midfield player, we've got people to come off the bench, attackers, we can do it. You look at the, the goalkeeper, we're basically saying De Gea, 
unless he's injured or it's the League Cup. Yeah, what, no, I I want, what I want is someone there and you're saying De Gea or, you know, whoever it is. Maybe um, Schmeichel is that one. Maybe, maybe Schmeichel could be a, a, good, a good one to compete with De Gea anyway at the top. You know, well, someone, just someone like him. I mean, I suppose the, the only thing that the, we don't know, is, and I'm not followed him off enough that way, is um, is, is the kicking. I mean, one of the things that De Gea's generally pretty good at, although he was a bit wobbly at the weekend against Bournemouth, is that when you kick the ball back to him, he has it under control and he seems to be able to pass it out to the uh, the defenders. And if he's really under pressure, he can get it out, you know, from the halfway line. Um, so we don't really want, you know, and that seems to be the way that all top teams play now, like City with their goalkeeper, etc. You know, where you play from the back, and he's almost like a sweeper. Mm. So I suppose, yeah, maybe give De Gea another season, just like a bit, see him a bit of pressure, or you know, maybe Solskjaer just to actually take him off, uh, maybe because of his performance, and then put Romero in for a couple of games and just just put him under that bit of pressure, see how he reacts. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, uh, yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I don't think it's probably going to be something he's going to do this weekend. I mean, we're playing Aston Villa uh, this Thursday, sorry, should I say, so this weekend. We're it's Thursday, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we're playing away at Aston Villa. Mm. Uh, I mean, and there's probably a silly question to say, but what would be your starting lineup? I imagine it's probably going to be very similar to last week's. Yeah, I think, I think you could possibly, you could change it a little bit in that, you know, maybe... I don't know. I'm still, like I said last time, I still still think you should play your best team, but I'm not quite sure what the best team is. You could probably mix it up a bit. I mean, Tommy probably needs a run out. Yeah, Fred probably needs to start. So you know, maybe. Yeah, go on. Sorry. No, just saying. You know, maybe one or other of those, and I think maybe Agarlo deserves a a start. Yeah, I feel like probably against Villa. I think, I think you'd probably go with De Gea, Wambasaka, Maguire. Bailey and Luke Shaw, I think mm. you'd probably go with. Uh, back four, I think midfield, I think this week, I think you could probably drop Matic and I think you could probably give him a bit of a rest because the one thing with Villa is they'll be quite quick on the break with them. Even though we'll have mm. the ball a lot, they'll be quite quick on the break. And I feel like I feel like McTominay, probably that's his position for this week. I think you can replace Matic and McTominay, give him a full run out and stuff. I think you definitely keep Bruno and Pogba starting. I think you definitely have to keep them two going. Uh, and I think you have to keep Greenwood in again on that right hand side. I think Rashford at the moment. I think you just got to play him through it. Yeah, I think and you I basically think got what you're saying. Yeah, really, is to start with the same team. You've got to start with the same team. I think. I think even. Yeah, yeah. I think even Matic. Why stop it? You've got that 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 central three now, and it seems to be doing well. And I think going. Yeah. Are we playing Villa away? Villa away. Yeah. yeah. You see, it's going to be a big game for them because they they're going to have to. You know they need every point going, so they're going to be really, really uh, at it. Fortunately, it's going to be behind closed doors. So, you know, sometimes those type of games when there's a you know hostile home crowd, they get a bit of luck early on. It, it can go against you, but I think, I think it's going to be tough for Villa to get anything uh, yeah. against us, especially if we start well with our with our starting lineup that we have done. Well, the good the good the good thing is with the team at the moment is you don't you're not you're you're not sat here waiting for the game to kick off thinking, oh, if we can just scab one before half-time. Mm. You actually feel like we are going to score now before half-time, whereas at the beginning of the season, you were just praying for, oh, can we get a goal before half-time? So where do you rather? think we're going to finish in the league then? Oh, well, I've seen this in the top four. I mean, uh, this afternoon, Arsenal play Leicester this afternoon. Right, so right. if we if, if Arsenal can get a draw or a win there, mm. and play at home as well, uh, then if we, if we beat... 
Uh, Aston Villa on Thursday, then I believe in my uh, maths are correct. We go one point ahead of uh, Leicester. I think a draw. Would, I think a draw would be good because I don't really want um, Arsenal to come with a bit of form or a bit of a run, particularly with the FA Cup and that as well. So yeah, no, I get that. I mean, I think Arsenal are just they're Arsenal, aren't they? They mm. just they, they take one step forward about ten steps back. They've won a few games in a row now, so they'll probably continue that that winning that winning form now. But I mean, I feel like. If if Arsenal if can get any points from Leicester, they can get any points, and I feel like we we should be close then because we have to play Leicester in the final game of the season, and I believe Leicester have also got to play. I think it's Spurs, and they might even have Chelsea. There's mm. there's, there's some fixtures they've got where they've got two or three real tough ones coming up. It's going to be very um, close because obviously Chelsea are going to be there or thereabouts, aren't they? I mean, it was interesting to see Tottenham as well the other day. I mean, obviously they've had some oh. terrible form, but the players fighting on the pitch. Yeah, but you see it was Son and uh, the goalkeeper, Larice, fighting on the... And then, you, you know, you, you've got Mourinho going on, oh, well, you know, it was probably my fault. Not. It's his usual games he plays. I, I'm so glad he's not there at our club, causing all the bitterness and, and trouble that he caused between fans, between the press, between other managers, between the players, between the you know, Ten years directors. ago, when Mourinho... Ten years ago, when Mourinho did his whole, you know, the arrogant one and what he mm. said went and stuff, it, it, it went back then because he backed it up with how well he played. Mm. You know, people always think Mourinho's a defensive manager and a boring football coach. And, he, you know, he is, in this day and age, mm. he is. But back in the day when he was the arrogant one, the special one, you know, he had that Chelsea team with Drogba, Lampard, mm. you know, McAuley. He had a fantastic team. And then when he went to Madrid, you know, they had that season where Madrid scored over 100 goals and Ronaldo scored. He'd been so lucky there, wasn't it? I mean, he, 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 oh, he, he scabbed that win against us to get through to the final of the, of the um, European Cup. Um, yeah. And, you know, when Skull's back heel had, uh, was disallowed, even though it was about a yard onside, and, you know, the famous running down the, the track in his suit yeah. and the rest of it. And he just happened oh. to be that year where um, there was no Real Madrid, there was no Barcelona. We were the last of the English clubs. I think, was it something like Monaco and... Yeah, it was just one of those years. Uh-huh. And off the back of that, he gets a Chelsea job. And then, you know, the Abramovich not only brings him in, puts our... Um, director on gardening leave who was doing all the deals with all everything was virtually on the go for Drogba and um Robin as well Robin as well there was two or three there was even that guy that signed for us he was there in the shirt and a week later he went off to Chelsea they nicked yeah 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 they nicked four of our players there was the four players that we were going to get so um you know that weakened us um then he had, all right, he had two wonderful years. Uh, then he started doing poorly and Fergie took it off him and they gave us the uh, um, the send-off, you know, when, when uh, what do they call it now, when, when we won the league and they all come along and clap us on the pitch. Um, yeah, and, Guard but, of Honour. Yeah, Guard of Honour, that was it. Then he goes off, to, he went to Italy then, didn't he? But wasn't it... Uh, if I remember rightly, he won the league, but all all their main teams had all been relegated, hadn't they, for for stuff they yeah. were doing? So it was, it was just, <laughs> yeah, it was almost on his own. And then, of course, he got from that. He goes to Real Madrid. They just signed Ronaldo. Um, uh, uh, Messi was out for the season. It, sometimes you you could be good, but you can be good and lucky. And I think you know he got all that luck. And then since then, I think he's been a disaster. He was a disaster at Chelsea. It was a disaster for us. He's been a complete disaster at the moment for Tottenham. 
I wouldn't take him well, with a barge pole. Well, the, the thing with Tottenham, I always look back and like, laugh to some extent, but they were they were everyone's second club. Exactly. Everyone, you know, they had, they had the first club, it was either United, Liverpool, Chelsea, whatever, and everyone always had that slight soft soft spot for Tottenham because they played a great brand of football. Mm. Uh, Maurizio Pochettino was a well-liked manager. People, you know, they, they respected him. And they had some good players and used to think of how did how did Spurs get Son and Ericsson mm. and mm. you know Deli Alley and they, and they got really them good playing a good, a good way of football, didn't they? You put, you put Mourinho in there and he just immediately everyone just hates Tottenham now. And just, well, the other thing as well players. when he was there, uh, um, um, previous manager and everything. Don't forget, City came in and, and nicked all those players off him as well, and he, and he still managed yeah. to to play a good brand of football. Um, they got to, through to the final, the Champions League, and of course, they were so unlucky with that dreadful penalty oh, that was given that, in the thirty second. You know, the handball that wasn't. Um, and so, you There's know, again, it, perhaps he's an unlucky manager. Perhaps he's just one of those ones. Yeah. If that had been Mourinho, um, that wouldn't have been given, and the probably would have gone probably down the other end and got a penalty themselves. So, yeah. you know, but I mean, the good thing is they don't, you know, they seem to have drifted apart. And I mean, Kane, yeah, I know he's always going to be a good finisher, but he looks like he's put about four stone on each leg. He just can't it run. Does, it, does, it doesn't look happy. And no. I think the problem with Kane is I think he realised that last season was probably the best chance he was going to get to leave Tottenham. Because yeah, especially for Real Madrid and that, because he won't be going yeah. there, I don't think, because they haven't got the money. And if they're yeah, after Pogba, they're not going to be able to do two of it. So yeah, uh, we're going to have to get off in a second, Greg. I think. Um, yeah. Well, so, before before we go anyway, yeah. what was your score prediction against Villa this week? Um, against Villa, I'd, um, I think we're going to win about three nil. Yeah, I'm going to go for three one. That's the score I'm going to predict three one, and I think it'll be one for Greenwood, one for Martial, and one for Bruno. Yeah, I'm going to go for uh, um, Greenwood again. Um, I, th- I think Rashford might just suddenly pop out and score a couple for us. I think he's due. I think he's due one and one. You know, he got his he's got his penalty. Um, I think he's due a goal from open play. And I think once we get him hitting one or two in as well, he's going to be fantastic. Martial <laughs> doing it. Bru- uh, Bruno getting the odd one or two, and uh, obviously Greenwood. Fantastic. Anyway, Greg, it's been great talking to you. Um, I'm going to get off Hope, now and yeah, we'll perhaps do something after. Yeah. Hopefully next week or two we'll have a, an actual podcast together rather than just on the phone. Yeah, and we need, to, we, we need to get, you know, we've got, I know we've got one or two other people who want to um, get involved as well and make it a little bit more fun. We're practicing. Uh, it's early days. Hopefully enough people will give us a listen. And uh, if anybody, again, has got any questions that you want to bring it up, then uh, just get in contact through please, Twitter yeah, or, the, or the web. Balls, I mean, our Twitter account's doing well, so you can follow us on twitter.com slash vvunitedUK with mm. 1,095 followers, <laughs> which our next goal is going to be 1,500, which our plan, that's our plan. Hopefully yeah. we can get that before September, another 400 followers. The website, again, I feel that we keep making excuses, but unfortunately real life and jobs and yeah. stuff taken away and this COVID stuff but the website is still in development once it's up and running we'll be able to listen to all of our old episodes and the podcast and stuff and we're going to have a yeah. form on there where people can put questions and stuff on and uh, yeah Brilliant. other than that keep staying tuned with us and I know it you know, might, might sound a bit awkward the first one you know the interview we do but you know we, like I said we're, we're just a group of fans who just enjoy watching the football and stuff about it. so again well, at least we're getting a, a decent team together alright Greg so 
um, goodbye. I'll speak to you later. And thanks everybody for listening, those that actually take the trouble, and I hope you get to the end of it. Okay, thanks. Cheers. Goodbye. All right. See you then, Greg. Yeah. Okay. See you on Thursday. Bye. 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 Bye.